Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Deadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamford and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Wow. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. The Money Good Quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw, the go-home show ahead of the go-home show for the Royal Rumble. Effectively, the go-home show before Raw gets triple X. <laughs> and uh, I quite enjoyed this one. Yeah. You know how you've admitted that WWE have got a cheat code with you where if the end segment is good, you kind of burst into work like the Kool-Aid man through the wall and be like, WWE's back! Oh, yeah! I'm a dog, basically, yes. I am slightly worried that's happening to me with the opening segment (laughs) because I was so bang into... The opening promo and then the match that followed. Yeah. Like, they actually came back from break with something that I was still interested in watching, which almost never happens. That, like, me and apparently the rest of the WWE universe in the building were game for this. Yeah. And I didn't really... By their a, standards. Yeah. I didn't really have a terrible time with this show as a result. Some terrible garbage nonetheless. Oh, yeah. But, like, a vast, vast upgrade on what we've had from the last few weeks for me personally here. It was better than it has been. Cool, let's get into it, um, because uh, the Bloodline opened the show, as they always should. As they always do. Uh, yeah. Do pretty much of anything. If anything. Um, and they come down, the Usos. So my buddy, my buddy after you get promo time at this right? Yeah. No Sami Zayn, though. Uh, and they say, they say, the Bloodline are here in your city. Uh, they're going to address what happened on SmackDown, of course, attacking Kevin Owens, costing Sami Zayn a potential win in the main event. Um, but they, it was all there to teach Kevin Owens a lesson. You can't be a problem for Roman Reigns. And uh, they put over next week's yeah, 30th anniversary or 30 years of Raw. I mean, they mean the same thing to WWE. Um, every generation of the bloodline will be joining together for an acknowledgement ceremony. And they're going to beat the Judgment Day for the Raw Tag Team titles. Already at this moment, I'm like, cool. Well, at least you've advertised something for next week. Because on the preview yesterday, no joke, we had Bobby Lashley has unfinished business. And what was the other one? We hear from the Judgment Day has yeah. something. That's, like, that's like been the last three weeks in a row. We've not even had a match of this. So it's no. like, we can't be asked to do that, but it's, not, it's just promos now. They may have announced the six-pack, six-way thing close to showtime yeah. and maybe the tag match with the uh, Alpha Academy or something like that. 
but yeah, at the time of recording, which was like 3 p.m. Yeah. UK time. There was nothing. Out. A little bit of this, before we get to the interruption, because that in itself is worthy of its own discussion. Like, just on that, on this tease, they've actually out AWed AW with their Mercedes... What's the name? Uh, Money. Money. Because The Rock is not going to be on next week's Raw. No, he's sending an egg in his place. It's a, it's a ratings game now. If you've got The Rock, you'll 100% promote The Rock, right? However, the... What, what do they call it? The every generation of the Simone dynasty or family bloodline. Every yeah, generation, yeah, yeah. of course. Simone bloodline will be there, right? It doesn't promise the rock, but it's at this point that it brings him into this story or it brings the idea of him into this story ahead of the, the rumble and the potential WrestleMania build and all the teasers that people have been really wanting. Uh, they don't have to deliver him, but people will absolutely tune in for the mere mention of him, for the a hint towards him. I can't wait to see Sammy Zayn with his arms around, like, oh, Afrin Seeker. That's going to be incredible. Like, the hardest fellas ever, and he's like, <laughs> hey, Dad, like, or something like that, like, wanting to lay a button on or something. There's loads of fun to be had with the individual segment, but it's a not bad tease of how you fold the rock. If indeed he's part of it, this is how you fold him in. Plus a little bit like what they did with SmackDown, where they got away with the DQ in the main event because of the bigger picture and the story mm. that's ongoing with Sammy Zayn and the Bloodline. You can genuinely have the rock live via satellite. How much of a neg is that of like, I, I can't be asked to come to your stupid acknowledgement That's ceremony. really good. Yeah, like he used to do that as a heel because he like couldn't be bothered to turn up for the crowd. Whereas if he kind of, yeah, I would have loved to have made it Roman, but you know, like duty calls, kind of too busy for you and Roman just seethes a little bit and Sammy's like, I got him, Roman, I got, I got him for you. And he thinks he's like done really well to get the rock or something. Ugh. I don't even think it'd be that. I think even if Rock is via satellite, you'd know about it. Yeah, there'd, be, yeah, there'd be a graphic getting thrown. But this is, like I say, just from a narrative point of view, this is the first point where you can logically insert the Rock into this story, mm. and yet it doesn't get in the way of the stuff they're doing right now. Or the... Egg! You know, either or. Either or. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they say next week we're going to beat the bloodline for I the... Imagine the tweet, like... Don't worry, guys. Uh, like, I've heard it from the powers that be that the egg will no longer feature on WWE television. Uh, so they've said they're going to beat the Judgment Day. This brings out the Judgment Day. Uh, there's uh, Damien Priest. There's Prison Mike. There's Finn Balor. And there's Mammy. Oh, my God. She gets on the mic first, uh, says that the Judgment Day runs Monday Night Raw. Uh, Finn Balor says, yeah, we run this show. We ran the gauntlet last week, and now we're running straight the you, the bloodline. He says, but before we go any further, i got to thank the ex-con Dom. <laughs> <laughs> for taking care of business last week and he's selling his ribs. X, before we go any further, X condom. Incredible. Uh, genius. I, I can't, there were a couple of things on this show where I'm thinking, you actually try to make an effort here <laughs> yeah. for banter purposes because there's some good stuff here. I've, uh, uh, I've you know, he's, he's uh, Nitro, Morrison, Elite. It's known as like sort of elastic offense, <laughs> just bringing back as rubber Johnny. Yeah. Judgment Day. Uh, Damien Priest. Johnny Raw, if you. <laughs> I could do that now. Um, Damien Priest <laughs> says we're going to take the Raw tag titles back Have to you? this show. <laughs> Permanently. Uh, Bloodline have never stepped to us, not once. And Dom's like, ex the ex con Dom. Uh, says, uh, don't worry, <laughs> I know why. And debt. Uh, you know, everyone shuts up when Dom's on the mic. He goes, you smell that? You smell that? It's fear. I love it. 
It says, you're scared. Jimmy, you're scared. Jay, you're, you're all scared. Jimmy's like, scared of who? <laughs> scared of you? Come on. And then he goes, little va- ma- machismo, little vato, orale, locos, <laughs> I'm looking forward to Jimmy Iso getting the same pal as MGF did. Yeah. <laughs> if we're all being consistent. Um, funny that. I don't think it'll happen. Do you think Rey Mysterio wishes Dominic was an ex-condom <laughs> at this point? Uh, Maybe like a year ago. Yeah. Now that he's banter, yeah. probably not. But uh, I buy his remorse <laughs> about this time last year when he was just a useless baby for uh, The Usos say, check the track record. They run through all the teams, that, well, a lot of the teams that they've, they've beaten them up and stood up to and what have you. Uh, and they start, of course, by beating Dom and Ray. And at Raw 30, they say, they're going to be welcomed the Judgment Day to the Uso Penitentiary. And Dom's like, <laughs> there's a guy, you know, who's been in the system. He's like, <laughs> the reality is, you guys wouldn't last a minute in a cell with the prisoners that I've been in with. <laughs> he says, in the pen, you know what they call an Uso? A wannabe essay. And you know who's the biggest wannabe? You solo Sokoa. And I was like, Dom, <laughs> I've enjoyed this, but you've you've overstepped the mark there. And Solo's like, I'm not having this. So he just goes face to face with Dominic Mysterio. And I think, well, this segment can't get any better. And then Mammy steps in. Oh my god. Two in one freaking segment, man. Put it back. Back in there. She goes nose to nose with Solo Sokoa, and I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, here? this kicked ass. Uh, and Solo sort of backs up, and then he's like, no, no, no bollocks. <laughs> I will, actually. Face to face, Rhea smiles, Solo holds his thumb up, and then <laughs> Dom cheap shots him. <laughs> Breaks out into a fight. Everyone starts chucking people out of the ring, left, right, and center, and left alone in the ring is Rhea Ripley and Solo's the color. And it looks like Solo might be about to attack, or they might just be about to swing for each other, to be perfectly honest. Uh, to be perfectly honest, but in flies Mustafa Ali uh, to take out Solo, to take us to a break. What a red-hot opener this was. Fabulous. 10 out of 10, no notes, but I want to give some anyway. I hadn't considered, in all the ways that you could have arrived, like done stuff to build the Judgment Day and the Usos, hadn't considered the Uso penitentiary bit as a nice way to like, yeah. fold in Dominic, getting particularly arrogant with them and just daring to step to them. Uh, Dominic being the one to swing the sucker punch at Solisico was inspired because we know he's only empowered when he's got them around him. And the fact that it was Rhea Ripley in particular that was willing to brave Solisico was like, that was a genuinely awesome moment. They are finding in Solisico and in Rhea Ripley, you have two characters that when they face down another big star on Raw, that's like a really cool visual. You know, there was a Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch one from a few weeks ago. Solisico was beat down on Kevin Owens on SmackDown felt bigger oh. than life because they're just on one with Solo at the moment. Bigger than life. So they've just put two it's of them together. huge. They've just put two of them together. They've just got Solo and Rhea Ripley in the same, it's like it's thumbnail bait, it's a cool visual. Yeah. It can't, like, it, the, the Samoan Spike versus Rhea hitting first, it doesn't even really need to promise that intergender thing that creates this whole ugly little debate. It's just a nice visual of the two people that are brave enough to potentially fight each other. I love this loads, and I've even got my, uh, not that I wanted to drag you out with this, I believe you got yourself into yesterday with believing that Mr. Fat Ali might go somewhere. <laughs> like, they might just have him in the judgment day. The complete loser that he is, hanging around with those losers and talking like he never went on a six-month losing streak in the first place and having purple gear instead of his like, black and yellow. Oh, hang on. Oh, my God. You fixed it. Uh, like, the, it's a very, I'm not necessarily advocating for it. I'm just saying it's a very Triple H thing that, like, he kind of puts somebody... 
in the presence of somebody else. You can get then, mentored by ex condom. Well, well, there you go. Now you've made it make sense. <laughs> by WWE standards, this was pretty funny. This Quite amusing. And then they made the, in my opinion, fatal error of teasing Dom versus Solo Sikawa because you've got like an actual hard ass <laughs> versus a complete little pipsqueak and a nice little. Don't talk about Solo Sikawa like that. Nice thrashing. A nice thrashing was put in front of me as a, <laughs> as a possibility. And then again, I'm not a fan of intergender matches, but it always gets over. Mm. So you're dangling that carrot to the universe to then get, like, by some distance, the third worst possibility actually <laughs> be the match when Mustafa Ali comes in. It's like, oh, for God's sake, what an absolute clown. What a terrible baby face. Yeah, I might have like, given up on him as a character, <laughs> not him as a wrestler, obviously. Total coward trying to blindside Solo Sikawa, and then he just gets dusted. Yeah. Like, absolutely abysmal. It's, it's again... We've discussed the possibility of a heel turn. They kind of have to be going in this direction. It still won't make the heel turn actually good. There's no turning back now. I was going to say no one's going to take him seriously as a baby face. No one has for months at this point. No. They simply have to do this now before he's just not considered um, a serious threat in any role. Like, Jesus Christ, just the worst baby face actions of all time. I don't know if what the situation with his contract is, but if this is the old days... This would be him getting yeah beaten repeatedly, so that when he leaves the territory, he's less value to the opposition or whoever wherever else he's going. That's the nature of this booking at this mm. point. It's his Triple H is worse of several of these that he's done. Me, him's not in great health, but you can see that the attempt like that's just because they're rubbish and like <laughs> like deeply flawed in the way they think about things. This feels different to the rest. Yeah, even if they're building a heel turn, God, no one's going to take him seriously. It's impossible. Mm. Yeah, he needs a major bit of help here. Even I've sort of given up on <laughs> him after, especially after this. Uh, although I was, you're right, I was intrigued to come back after the break to watch this, mainly because I just love Solo Sokoa wrecking dudes. Oh, I wanted to watch him get brutalised because I was so certain it was going to happen. I had zero faith in the baby face getting anything off him. Yep. Plus, because I'm a sadist as well, so they, they come back and that's exactly what's happening. And I like the fact that they went, let's quickly cut to picture in picture with Mustafa Ali being like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take these guys down, come back. So does it go ahead, butts Ali. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, he's in complete control. The Usos hop up uh, onto the apron to pose. This brings out Kevin Owens, who fights off Jimmy and Jay. Uh, and there's a brief, very brief second where you think, oh, my God, they're not going to give... Ali the win over Solo Sokoa, are they? Because this distraction allows Ali to hit a Tornado DDT, uh, pretty much the only thing that he managed to hit for a near fall. But Sokoa avoids the 450, hits the Samoan sp strike, spike, one, two, three. Um, Owens immediately slides in after the match, hits Sokoa with a stunner, puts him on the announce table because he wants to do what Sokoa did to him on SmackDown. The Usos attack, Troy's, the chairs go everywhere, uh, and uh, Owens... It has to be separated from the rest of the bloodline by Postman Pierce and a load of officials, basically. Yeah, wrestling's got a new cheat. I know that Nick Jackson did this. I know AEW on occasion do chair shots to the head on very special occasions. Like, they do it in Blood and Guts, for example. And I know that Nick Jackson did it, I think, in the Falls Count Anywhere match as a riff on the events of Brawl Out. But now WWE's cottoned onto it, where they've, they've said for years and years, we will simply not do unprotected or protected chair shots to the head because of the history that I don't want to talk about. 
in this kind of frivolous raw podcast. The new workaround is just lob one. <laughs> yeah. Just throw one at someone's face. It's not really like a big, wild, dramatic <laughs> swing that has grim echoes to the Attitude Era, and we know kind of what happened to a large part of that um, roster. Um, I just throw it. <laughs> it's different. No, it isn't. It's that Simpsons thing as well. Like, the chair shot of the head was a really easy one for, obviously, people to copy, and they were trying to get away from that. And that. Like, throwing a chair. That's imitatable. Like, yeah, you want to yeah. love a chair. Like, when Braun used to do it with the office oh. chairs, you kind of wish you had the strength to be able to just do that and make it Lesnar like a toy. as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, this is a steel chair. Kids can, kids can definitely copy that. Like Lesnar <laughs> just obliterating a security guard with a chair. Yeah. Oh, God. What did you make of the match? Uh, fine, because I like what I'm watching with Solo Sokoa, mm. but like a Paul, again, like another sort of tell that the heel turn has to be coming because you just cannot kill a babyface like this. Ali was invisible again when like, so you've got Owens in the bloodline, he's at a disadvantage and there's theoretically a babyface that could recover and help him. He doesn't, It's he's, he's made invisible by the cameras and the scene yeah. to roll away. So it like has to be going to, I don't, I'm, I'm with Sidgwick, I'm not sure the heel turn, unless it is the judgment day and the fact that he's so useless is kind of, enhances their act. You know, they've got Dominic over the same way. But I'd, I'm not even sure the heel turn will fly as a result of how badly he's been buried as a face. I'm not even fully convinced it's happening. I mean, I'm mostly convinced that it's happening. But a baby face blind signing a heel by jumping off the top rope, it's something Triple H or Vince McMahon would just book. It's yeah. a matter of course, yeah. without even realising it looks like a little asshole jumped up bastard is, you know, being a bitch. There's <laughs> <laughs> more of that to come. Um... There's the six-pack, whatever you're calling it, it's the elimination six-man thing in the main event to determine Austin Theory's next challenger. Bobby Lashley cuts a promo saying he's going to put them all in the hurt lock, basically, and end Austin Theory's reign next week. And then we got another Cody Rhodes video. Oh, my God. This <sighs> is recovery. He's got the scar. The he's got editing the rehab. there was unbelievable, by the way. Yeah, and he's there. Training, recovering, working out of the nightmare factory, finally getting back into shape. And they give us a money shot at the end. He says at the Royal Rumble, I'm back. Brilliant. Triple H giving Cody Rhodes a Triple H Royal Rumble return. He never would have imagined it. And yet here we are. That, like, this was um, like masterful WWE editing. I'm really excited for Cody. I'm glad they've announced him for the Rumble. Yes. We kind of touched on that. But this specific video was my favorite of the bunch because it did obviously bring together all the details from previous ones. The cut of Cody's face looking devastated to be lifting those tiny weights, like, because it was all he was allowed to do to him now. Not like, that tiny. The, I mean, I. Li- little flashes of how jacked he's looking now yeah. that like, he's. Sort of starting to recover, and they didn't even give you the full beauty shot of Cody now yeah. because I think they know there's something to save uh-huh. there. And uh, Triple H knows all about that from his 2002 return as well. Like he kept that top on until he didn't, and then it was like Jesus Christ, mate, do you? Like I'm seeing double eight Triple H's. Like there, there's a shot that we haven't yet seen of Cody fully recovered, but uh-huh. the, the weights cut I thought was particularly great. This was fantastic. How can you not be mega mega hyped for Cody's return? Yeah, the cut from the bruised chest to the scarred one. Again, you show a bit of vulnerability and just baby face, spirit and machismo. Cannot be stopped. Like, Like. from one second to the next, that was absolutely unbelievable. Um, Aye, WWE knows how to do this sort of thing, and this is one of the best packages they've produced in recent memory. It's such an open goal, uh, and it's not a hot take, this, but... If there was any doubt within WWE, who should we give the Royal Rumble wins to after this Raw? If you... Look, anywhere other than Cody Rhodes and Rhea Ripley, you're insane. I I only hope that they don't give him like 27 or 20. Need to rehab that number, though. 
Yeah. Who cares about the number? I care about the star. What do you want him to get, though? Like I, want, I want him to get, like, um, 11 14, or 12. Or, yeah. I don't, or 14 or 15. Like, I don't want him to do an Ironman run. I think that's a bit too on the nose. Nor do I want it to feel like, particularly with how popular Sami Zayn is. Again, it's a different audience to the fans who rejected the rumbles of, like, 2014 and 2015. I think a lot of the people who vocally opposed those terrible decisions have migrated to AEW. So maybe this new what's left of the WWE audience who aren't as vocal, who aren't as defiant, who don't seem to care as much, quite frankly. Maybe they won't receive Cody coming in at 27, doing a bit, and then just winning as this sort of, ah, not really working as hard as Sami Zayn here, but I do think that it's just a better optics deal if he, not to, you know, do a horrible pun, but does the work. I was thinking about this um, Cody-Sami Zayn thing. Uh, after SmackDown, actually, after, like, the way Zayn was received, even though he was booked to work as a heel. Like, the fans just want to be with him regardless. I think uh, Roman might give Sammy a place in the Rumble and then take it away and give it to Solo Sokoa. Mm. Build heat. So Sammy doesn't even get in, and it gets around that. Yeah. Like, and the, I think the fans will go with it as a story because we all know yeah. we're headed towards Sammy and Roman at the Montreal pit. The old WWE fan base would instantly want to gravitate towards Sammy in this context and maybe think less of Cody and think of him as a disturbance. Um, but it's a different audience now. Mm. You still don't want to take the risk. Uh, Byron Saxon's chatting backstage to Elias, says he wants to get into the Royal Rumble. MVP showed up and said, well, don't bother with that. The winner's already determined. Elias is like, you think you're going to win the Royal Rumble? Uh, you haven't been relevant in years. And he's like, all right, let's, let's have a match then. You against the eventual Royal Rumble winner. And Elias accepts because he thinks it's MVP. Elias is just another stupid bastard on this. There's loads of them. Get his like, brother back. They're so, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. They're so thick, some of these W. And like, it's mainly baby faces. Thick, idiot baby faces. <laughs> Elias is just the latest. Like, who in that building didn't know that MVP wasn't talking about himself other than Elias? Yeah. Idiots. Uh, but her business stuff came next. It was the Street Profits versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Um, MVP comes out before one of the breaks. Uh, a, a copy-paste what I say every week about Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. They are ridiculous. Uh, Angelo Dawkins here especially. Uh, he hits Benjamin with a spine buster. Montez Ford hits a frog splash. Alexander breaks up the cover. Benjamin suplexes Ford over the toe, uh, over, over, off the top, sorry, and Dawkins breaks up that cover. Ford hits Benjamin with a dive. Alexander hits Ford with a suicide dive, and Dawkins takes everyone out of this great flip dive. Um, MVP takes the referee, which does allow Benjamin and Alexander to double team Angelo Dawkins. Um, and Alexander looks like he's got it won. He hits the knee strike, rolls up Dawkins. But uh, Dawkins counters the cradle and gets the one, two, three for a victory here. I'm a fan of this Hurt Business construction more than I am the outcome, it being the Hurt Business, <laughs> truthfully. I like that MVP was the guy that got Bobby Lashley his job back on the quiet and then was able to reveal it to him as a way to say, look, I've done something for you now. Is this, is this better than me just saying sorry? I've actually proven my loyalty to you. Um, and obviously what we'd get later on um, with you know, the Elias match and what he's revealing there. It's having almost in the background the whole time. The Cedric, uh, like, the, so they did a backstage bit in their way that way you saw MVP having a chat with them as a way to tease. Mm. What's going on in the background? Like, is this where a bit of a twist has revealed itself? 
and street profits have found some form again as a result of MVP's meddling was this bad on purpose because in the same way that he's done something to Bobby Lashley to prove his loyalty, has there been some sort of shadowy conversation going on between MVP and Street Profits where they're like, no, we're good guys. Like, and then MVP's like, right, well, I'll prove it to you then. I'm going to I'm gonna show up and be a disruptor and I'm going to help. And is that going to reveal a bit of a twist down the road? Maybe not, but it's sort of, again, I don't mind if that's the play because I quite like how MVP sort of reassembled this even if the Hurt Business will not deliver on anybody's wild expectations for the, like, the return of this great stable. I have got no thoughts on the Hurt Business. I'm, s- I'm sick of hearing those three <laughs> words, to be perfectly honest. Until they actually reform and do something substantial that's actually good and actually over, I can't really get excited about it. Um, I remain adamant that, at this point, um, Dawkins and Ford need to be split up and put on a trajectory to stardom because they're working two scrubs here. And they're obviously very talented, Benjamin and um, Alexander. But God damn it, you, you're not going to find two workers who just aren't over. They are two of the least over characters in the entire company. And this was quite hot by WWE standards. Mm. And the Street Profits are just like magnetic at this point. They just get it. People love them. And I just think, why wait? Mm. Why bloody wait? I mean, fucking Austin Theory is your face of the future. I think Montez Ford is like, hundred times mm. the better option, like by orders of magnitude. So when I see them in an albeit hot by WWE standards TV match, I still get a bit, oh, hey, man, Austin Theory. Karrion mm. Cross is doing stuff in the singles division. We don't have to have this world. How hey, man, Austin Theory could apply to so many things in wrestling. Like, Austin Theory. Austin if theory. only we could have had this or this or that segment or I this know, match or I anything know. like this so many times. Like, this is what you've decided to do. Right. Further proof that Vince isn't back in control of creative, though. Hometown victory for Angelo Dawkins. <laughs> so. uh, right, backstage judgment day are there with Alpha Un- Undone by How hey, man, Austin Theory later on the show. Uh, Chad Gable says you should have been medically disqualified last week. And uh, Dom talked about Prison and lifting weights. Gable said, it's no surprise you round up or wound up on the wrong end of the criminal justice system. You need a strong mind to go with a strong body. You haven't got either of them. <laughs> he said, next time you wind up in prison, or if you do, why not take an online Alpha Academy course? <laughs> and Dom said, you don't even want to know what they do to guys like you in prison. Pre said, I think it's best if you leave. I'm so energized by this Chad Gable baby, this Alpha Academy baby first day, and Chad Gable being back on the righteous side. Like, it's been really fun with them as a heel, and like, Gable, yeah, again, has just gotten everything over no matter what they've done to him. But like, it's been a long, long time since we've been able to earnestly enjoy Chad Gable the baby face, and he can do all of it. He's like, there's a reason why, like, people made the Kurt Angle comparisons beyond the obvious, because Kurt Angle was just as good as being an absolute killer in the ring and being really funny backstage. He's better. He's better. Yeah. But yeah. like, Gable's always had. That, yeah. and that's been part of the magic of every team he's gotten over in the face of terrible creative. And I'm like, this match like that we get is immediate evidence that it's, it's so, going to work. Like, so good. I'm mm. really looking forward to sinking my teeth into it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we do that, though, we have to talk about Becky Lynch and Bailey. Oh, God. Becky Lynch comes out through the crowd. How about them Bengals, huh? Uh, she's got some business. The line that John Moxley used to test if a microphone was working for cheap pop. Yes. That's how she kicks off her little salvo. She says she's got business to take care of. Uh, she calls out Bailey, but uh, she calls her Karen, uh, the kumquat eating, get your kumquat eating ass out here. Brian Gawird script in this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one of his useless lines. Well, that's yeah. a funny word. I think Rock can get it over. Can he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he can, but I don't think you know anybody else can. Um, Kung Pao bitch, yeah, go stay in Hollywood, actually. Hey, Mark Jindrak, I got some great lines for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeezy yeah. peeps. <laughs> uh, and Bailey's taking her time coming out. Lynch is like, uh, what's Karen doing? <laughs> you know, that manager in the back. Uh, terrible. I'll tell you what, though. If you um, are in the process of writing this, um, a piece about Vince McMahon and his uh, loose handling of the truth, I've written a mock Brian Gewertz the Rock line. Oh, to try and fool people into thinking he actually said it, he didn't. It's pretty good. Pretty good satire, if I may say so. <laughs> um, Bailey comes out with the rest of Damage Guitar. She's wearing a 49ers jersey because football. Uh, she says, my name's uh, Bailey, not Karen. Good comeback. Um, and Becky then takes the bait and says, no, you're a Karen because you're a moody, entitled idiot with a crap haircut. Uh, stupid cultural reference from three years ago, maybe. Oh, yeah, that they have only just unleashed now, and then felt the need to give the Wikipedia Urban Dictionary like explanation of what that name is because the references are there. It's like, well, people still get that. We'll just explain it. The OED <laughs> defines a Karen. Hey, hey, hey! I just heard this really cool insult <laughs> last week. Karen. Hey, what's that, Jeff? Well, it's <laughs> definition. I don't think these. F- morons are going to get it, actually, even though it's been out of the vernacular for, like, three years. Let's say? explain the joke. The worst wrestling promotion of all time. It's funny you use Jeff in that example, because I wish he was still kicking around, because some of the lines might have been better. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the idea as well, backstage, that they're like, 
Like, have we really got time to explain this guy, Triple H? Just like belly laughs. <laughs> God, explain it twice if you like. Hey, Karen, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and then after you win, dab. That's <laughs> <laughs> very. And then you walk out and you say, What are those? <laughs> that's really topical as well. Jeez. Anyway. Becky says, oh, sorry, Bailey says. We can have a steel cage match because if you ask me, we're going into lockdown. Remember that? Remember we're all really sad? I thought yes. it was about when the Usos had the still bars. <laughs> well, the bars. That was great, actually. We put like their Snapchat text I'm on like, the I screen. I might drop that on Twitter. The, uh, these, these were great when they used to put animations on, on Honestly, WWE. Honestly, if you rebrand as a, I, I wanted to do this as a big, like, sort of Andy Kaufman esque bit. <laughs> like, I was going to make my own page of, like, oh, God, this is fire. <laughs> and it was like a match from three weeks ago. What was it? It's 2022 like, is goated. Yeah, 2022 is goated. Yeah. specific picture of Steve Austin on his little... Like the worst bit of his otherwise brilliant comeback. <laughs> Guys who remembers this, and it's like the Shields debut. <laughs> uh, I want to do that. And he could do that and he could say, you know what? Uh, oh, you know, People might think I'm crazy, but I actually really like these graphics. <laughs> and they get like a thousand people going, yeah, man, that was really good. And then on the 31st of December, 2023, I was going to go, you're all idiots. <laughs> it was a Sight. ruse. I never believed a word I said of this. I was just trying to get your likes, you stupid idiots. The words on the screen one, like you had Alexa and Braun. Team Little Big. <laughs> like, words splashing off. Like, honestly. Smackdown, top 10. We, I've ne- I haven't buried it enough. Uh, did I tell you I saw one the other day that was like, who remembers this <laughs> Who remembers this classic promo? It's Austin and Rock from Mania. I've seen what it. What like, are you doing? I've seen it on three separate accounts this week. It's obviously what? like it's we're heading into like Road to WrestleMania season. So it's like a classic rivalry. And it's just all my way video. <laughs> yep. Bored the other night. Uh, I tweeted saying who made this. <laughs> I was bored. Oh, no, I was bored the other night, right? Yeah. It's gone on Instagram and the algorithm spits uh, things yeah. at you when you go on the search thing. Oh, you might like this, you might like this as a wrestling meme page and these sh- pricks. Pricks nicked word for word except one additional word, right? My um tweet about Stephanie McMahon with a fake smile pretending to be oh, ecstatic about Nick they it. nicked it. Oh literally one word different and they didn't credit us. Who made this? <laughs> they didn't even say that because the application was oh, I made this. It's like you hack bastard. You should do every week like Cedric fires off a million ace tweets. Every week still one of Cedric's tweets and you do. Who made this? Cutting his, cutting his name oh, off. Who made this? Just leave this. Uh, it's not even been made. Picture. It's just like a funny line. Who would laugh? Who tweeted made? this? Sideways laughing emoji. Adam Wilborn. 3,000 retweets. Wilborn's done it again. <laughs> uh, oh, God, we're going to get back to talking about this. Bailey said Lich hasn't got any friends. Well, she's not, not the way she treats me, Chin. Certainly not. Why <laughs> uh, any friends? Lynch called Bailey Why would a you? sour, dopey-looking goof who... Um, a day passed, and she went, peaked in 2015. Uh, Bailey eight t- years ago, man. Mm-hmm. Bailey talked about Lynch taking her spite. Uh, Lynch talked about getting called up before Bailey because WWE saw more in her. Um, and they wanted Bailey in NXT because she was the focal point. She had the spotlight in NXT. Lynch said, Look, I wasn't supposed to be the man. I was just meant to be a warm body on the main roster. I wasn't supposed to change the game. I wasn't supposed to be the first woman to win the main event of WrestleMania, but I did all of the things because I work for it. Whilst all you do is whine and moan. And Bailey said, well, you only became the man because you got punched in the face by another woman. Didn't say who it was, obviously. Uh, and Becky, Saving for the Rumble surprise. You know yeah, Becky, out, <laughs> Becky offered to punch Bailey in the face to make her a star. 
Uh, and Bailey said, well, go for it. I've already beaten you once. And basically, Becky baited Bailey into accepting a steel cage match for next week's big raw. Absolutely rancid. No, this was a disaster. There was a couple of lines at the end here. The uh, like the the bit the reference to Nia Jax and Becky Lynch fleshing out a little bit more about the development of the man and how it never really should have been. That belongs in a better program yes. somewhere. Somewhere, not this one, not this feud, not with these wrestlers, but it belongs somewhere better. Something that Becky Lynch can like sink her teeth into. The rest of this was for me an unmitigated disaster and an advert that was still at the point where. WWE and Triple H specifically are getting nowhere near enough grief how mostly terrible this women's division is. I was willing to give them a bit of room. He was like clearly like restocking the shelves in this women's division. Like you just had to sign a bunch of people because you can't just have like three stars at the top. It's that whole thing. If you're going to pick your dream roster, you can't just pick main eventers. So you can't bring everybody back and give the big pushes. You've got to bring them back and steadily build a few. Mm. And that's a bit boring, right? And people are like, oh, they're already burying, I don't know, Tegan Knox. Mm. They're not really. She's not going to get anywhere. Like hers, I like, they've all got to like win a few matches if you've got to care about them. So I kind of gave him a bit of time, but you don't need to do that with these two. From the very beginning, it was like, well, this is actually a star star for you that you decided to do now instead of around WrestleMania season. You kind of should be disguising the the lower level stuff while you do something cool with these. This was lousy, terrible scripting that reduced their mm. star power. Um, for a match, I'm not not interested in it. Like it's a case again for me of I know like. Like, Sidge, and we were talking about this in the office, and Murray as well, like, rightfully cynical of a WWE Steel Cage match. But I kind of like these two that much that I feel like it could be one of them wrestlers digging WWE out of trouble by just having a good match. Mm. This has been an appalling story, badly told, that has greatly diminished the star power of both women. It's a really... The women's division is in terrible shape in WWE at the moment, and, like, nowhere near enough people are talking about it or paying it the attention it deserves. It's, like... And this was... This, to me, was the moment that, like... You couldn't argue against it. A disaster of a segment. Dave Meltzer paraphrased Bret Hart um, in relation to him talking about anyone who has a program with Bray Wyatt. You go in as a 10 and come out as a 6. <laughs> and that's literally everything that is centered around damage control as well. What a terrible, useless yeah. stable that I can't believe still exists. This, uh, this was wretched. Everything died as well. Every single zinger just died. It didn't register. When you say something like, oh, you peaked in 2015, it kind of has to not be that true, but it was too true. It was like too on the nose and too pointed and too it's accurate. unfair because they want you to forget the pandemic. Mm. Like, Bailey and Sasha was was that. Was the, you know, yeah. 2020, I would I would say that's unfair, but they don't really want to revisit that. So, it, as you say, it's... Wish they it's would. I wish you could bring back screens that you can just put Bailey's face on. You know, like, even, even the line about... Good. <laughs> you only became the man because another woman punched you. Uh, like, that sound... You know when John Cena has these shoot foods and he just says real things for the sake of it? Like, oh, <laughs> right, okay, I don't know why he said that. Just destroyed Roman Reigns that week. Yeah. He's yeah. dead forever then. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the match. And that scanned to me is like John Cena's worst impulses. Oh, God, this was absolutely abysmal. And it's shocking how cold both of these acts are when yeah. you know what they've done before. And considering what where we are in the year as well, they should be, you know, or oh, maybe Bailey could shock everyone and win the role. Nope. You know when everybody, like, kind of all collectively agreed, it's not Becky's Rumble anymore, it's Rhea Ripley's. That's fine. That happens but you're not supposed to then completely eradicate Becky Lynch's chances off the face of the earth. You sh she should be the one running Rhea closest in second, mm. and it doesn't even really She's feel like that. Karen stuff. Oh, yeah. God, this is crap. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Dolph Ziggler's warming up backstage. Ali comes in. He's like, what are you doing? Like, you've, 
you screwed me with the the ta- tag team <laughs> tag team turmoil stuff last week, and now you're getting a US title six man thing. And uh, what about me? And for once, I agree with Dolph. Obviously, was like, I ain't got time for this, mate. I'm gonna warm up. Have you seen the people? I've got to, these monsters. I've got to face out there. I've got to get ready. And uh, so he's like, I'm just gonna warm up. To be honest, mate, leave me alone. And I just bitch slaps him and goes, Do I have your attention now? And that was it. He just walked off. And Dolph Ziggler went, oh, that hurt. And still wrestled, was fine. What was this? It's pathetic. It's cruel. It's either the worst heel turn ever. You have to, have, like, that's be short of, like, that's be desperate, short of options. Like, all right, it's the last resort. It's, like, it's the only thing he can do to regain his credibility. It's pathetic. Couldn't think any worse of Mustafa Ali. I would they say right about you what put, you put sorry, you put Daniel Bryan in the orbit of Mustafa Ali and Brian Danielson, such a professional wrestling genius that before that really, really unfortunate injury, you were so willing to get behind Mustafa Ali as a babyface. And you know that Danielson had a sort of a big voice in the room at this time as well. Just the care and attention, just the work, the brilliance of his storytelling. You were just ready to die for, for Mustafa Ali. You just made a WWE champion in, out of nowhere. In <laughs> early 2019. And then look what Triple H and, and Vince McMahon do with him. It's honestly, it's he's so irritating. I find WWE baby faces, whether they're turning, they're not turning, standing still, sitting on their ass, I don't care. <laughs> if I hate them, Mustafa Ali and Liv Morgan, the pair of them, I I had a rant about, five minute rant about Liv Morgan. I couldn't think of her as a more smarmy, obnoxious performer my god it is excruciating to live the experience of watching them to perform it is excruciating that was they, the exact, meant to be people you like the exact person i was gonna like pair moose farley with at the moment like they say right about what you know and triple h is really good at scripting complete arseholes that you hate <laughs> yes <laughs> like that's who he is because i just detested Liv morgan on smackdown and the fact that they're gonna like put her in and this is not a Liv morgan rant or anything but the fact they're gonna potentially put her in at number one and ask you to, like, help guide her to the final four or something is preposterous because she's not even likable. Like, and I don't think Miss Farley is in any different a place. Like, and yet, what is the idea? Like, I'm going to enter that rumble. I'm going to enter at number one and prove everybody wrong. Nobody wants you to. I know. That's the point. Nobody wants either of you to. They this, want you to achieve things. This is when, I'm going to bring up AEW, I don't really care. This is when the, the contrast becomes so stark. When I see John Moxley just simply be, <laughs> exude himself... <laughs> When I hear him say one sentence, it's just a different world. A different world for how to do whatever this is. Jesus Christ. GG peeps. Uh, right, then it was time for the Elias match. Not against MVP, but against a returning Omos who what? comes out and looks seven foot tall. Because he is. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Elias tried to attack him outside the ring. MVP got involved. He also threatened to hit Elias with his cane. Uh, the referee just went... Yep, that's fine. Uh, didn't happen, though, of course. Elias g- goes after him with his guitar, and I just thought, after what's happened recently, oh, it's not as good, is it? <laughs> uh, but almost knocks, knocks him down with a headbutt and smashes the guitar on the outside. Uh, Elias tries fighting back, goes up top, but almost catches him there, tree slams him, one, two, three, and I think that meant that almost is in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I. Uh, this was exactly what you would expect from almost versus Elias, really. Like, almost still can't do that much but he at least has a little bit of impact to his offense now and Elias can bump for it a bit. I partially retract my lack of interest in Hurt Business 6.0 because <laughs> I, the almost Bobby Lashley tag team that was never explored in their arrivals 
isn't terrible. Oh. <laughs> like they would kick ass. So I, I don't mind about that. Yes, love that. And uh, yeah, nice to see MS back. And like you say, the intrigue around the Hurt business never disappears on social media, it seems. Oh, good. No. I mean, he's massive. Love massive guys. Yeah. Like WWE will always give you the odd massive guy. <laughs> and, he's <laughs> one, and he's he, one of them. <laughs> they'll never do Satnam. No, Christ, nobody can do Satnam but Satnam. Uh, slow pan. Or AW. Cameraman, <laughs> slow pan. Uh, Byron Saxton's chatting to Postman Pierce and wants a bit of a sneak preview of Raw 30. And Postman Pierce is like, I can't give you anything, but don't worry, it's going to be big next week. Uh, and then Akira... Imagine asking for like a sneak preview of every other week's Raw. Like two days before, you got any uh, on the docket? I can't show you why. I haven't got anything. Akira Tazar comes in and says, I want in the Rumble. And so I was like, it's not that simple. Uh, sorry, it, it Pierce is... is, Pierce is, is, like, <laughs> is but it is for certain people, yeah. If you're Baron Corbin, you can just say, I'm in the Rumble. Give the top dollar a last chance match. He's God, no. Um, and he says, oh, don't worry, I'll put you in a match, though, and if you win that, I'll consider you. And you thought, right, who's going to be killing Tazawa later then? Um, and then it was time for the Judgment Day versus Alpha Academy. This was so much fun, this match. Loved this. Uh, Chad Gable flew over halfway across the ring to hit Don with a diving headbutt and then made the hot tag to Otis, who was all the way over yet again here. Uh, Priest boots Otis, but Otis comes back uh, with the world's strongest slam that gets a near fall. Also hits the caterpillar, although he sort of just fell over at the end of it, but I don't really care because I love Otis. Uh, Dom tries to attack Gable, um, fails, but that distraction allows Priest to choke slam Otis off the middle rope, uh, and Gable hits Priest with a Chaos Theory suplex because he's great. Dom tries to catch him with a schoolboy. Gable counters into an ankle lock. And I was so caught up in this match. I was like, yeah, tap you little twat. <laughs> Not thinking, I <laughs> no, probably shouldn't because he's in a tag title match next week. Um, but, of course, Mammy distracts. Bala, uh, uh, sorry, Mammy and Bala distract. And that allows Priest to choke slam Gable. And Dom gets the definitive pinfall as he just sort of slumps on top <laughs> of him at the end of this. This was great, Sige. Right, okay. When I watch WWE Ordinary, I'm just so numb. I kind of hate everything about it. Like, you know, just everything I find irritating. The camera cuts, the commentary, just the way they build the matches, the format, which is impossible to believe in, the work, which is just so patterned. Okay? Usually, I'm just like, I just, eyes glaze over. Time to watch Raw, is it? I've already done Wordle. Fuck. I don't know, going back now, I'm kind of running out of time. I've got to watch it. I've got to watch it. Got Wordle in one the other day. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. It doesn't impress me. My de- my word <laughs> it just doesn't. What was my it? word has consistently been since since day one. Spire. Ah, and it came around. And it was two days ago, I think it was. Spoiler. Chestfield the Spire. Doesn't really impress me. Know. It's nice that it happened. No, it was. It was there was oh, champagne popping around. Choose the impressive one because everyone, the, everyone's got a first word guess. So yeah, it's the ability. It's the around. ability to deduce. Yeah. That is the key. That's the skill with which you are good at Wordle. Do you deduce anything, Wilborn? It's nice that it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your first word's adieu, you're a bitch. <laughs> What's your first word? Uh, storm. I don't, really, I don't really play. Who has got adieu? Did it used to be you? Someone said. Oh, I would have had a go with adieu. There's another one as well. There's another vowel-heavy one. I can't remember what it is. I don't go vowel-heavy. It's your basic bitch move. Is that really? Like, yeah, I wasn't... A, I don't go vowel... Like, uh, What's your first word? My first word is swear. Because I googled the most common letters in the English language, mm. and S and R or S and W within in there 
and you need a couple of hours. So you found an even more bitch move than a Joe by Googling the best <laughs> case. <laughs> Just tactics? Just tactics? Tactics. Ta- I thought it was in deducement. Yeah, but you can deduce better. Okay. <laughs> having got I need a new first word. I might take swear. I like that. No, I don't. It's mine. <laughs> Imagine if it comes up like you running for... i got Word one. <laughs> the boss that you can get in. There's no such thing as getting Word one. It's not the aim of the game. The aim of the game is to deduce. Anyway. Well, is it the name of the game? Wrong, the wrong, sh- wrong podcast, sorry. I was telling the story. Oh, yeah. That led to... It was doing a bit of long-term storytelling. <laughs> Numb to it. The eyes glaze over. Usually such a, just a complete distance to it. I'm so removed from it that I feel like, oh, this is good. I was like, no, it wasn't. Or it could be better. Just so removed from it. And yet this tag team match, which I just loved watching, felt like the opposite to the usual experience. I felt like there were people having a great time just with an open-armed, welcoming embrace. Come and have a go at this. And I was just like, I went into their arms. Mm. Yeah. Just like... What are you Nick Cave talking about? God, I just <laughs> wanted to go into their arms. I did. My God. The bit where that wonderful idiot, Damien Priest, did the stupidest delayed slapstick bump and Otis couldn't even see it, but he heard him drop to the canvas and he went, oh, does that mean I can... I think it means I can do the thing that I really like to do <laughs> and it's always entertaining to watch. Yeah. I love just the look of recognition of the... Does this mean I can? I'm just so happy. I don't want to get involved in that other person's happiness. And every character understood their role. And some of those roles are quite varied. So when Chad Gable was just destroying idiots on the outside with his wonderful explosive hips, and then that little rat, Dominic Mysterio, (laughs) the merest hint of a three count for which he didn't have to work, just scurrying like a rat to do some sort of small packages. Otis just being Otis. Damien Priest genuinely being hard and being a fool and operating seamlessly between those two modes. Good booking for the tag title match next week, isn't it? Because he's got to have something in him. Yeah, yeah. he's got to have something in him, but you kind of know that they're just a bunch of idiots who kind of don't know that they're idiots, and that's the heat. This was genuinely a mini-TV masterpiece from WWE. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, loved it. I was with you on the ankle lock thing. I'm, I'm there. there. It has no right to have you almost up and screaming like it's like a pay-per-view title match or something. Chad Gable, when he in these tag teams, when he locks in, especially as a babyface, this took me back to when like him and Rude really got something going with a revival, and they had moments like this in them. It's a, it's a Gable thing. It's obviously American Alpha and all their classics too. Um, because Jesus, Christ, this is what this match is what Triple H thinks he's booking every time he books a long TV match. He thinks they all go like this, and yeah. they don't. But then this one was Triple H bait because Gable's snap was better than good. It was unbelievable yeah. snap like from Chad Gable here. He looked buzzed to be working out-and-out babyface for the first time. Like, yeah. you know, they've been teasing it. It was like, this is the week. I just get to go all out this week and be the face. And immediately, Alpha Academy, as we kind of could see when it was happening, are now re-established as a, it's like a, a brand-new TV act because they're babyfaces on Raw. They're going to have tag matches like this all the time because it's the Gable effect. But Otis, like, I don't want to sort of take away from Otis. all the judgment day, but this just felt like this. Chad Gable returning to do this for a bit and how lucky we all are to have it. And it's a nice bit of, like, long-term storytelling planning that you can see playing out in front of you because they're doing this now. They're turning... They're effectively babyface now, aren't they? And they're doing what they've done against the judgment day... The Judgment Day probably are going to win the Raw Tag Team titles uh, next week. And then, oh, who's the first defence? Well, the team that Finn Balor's still pissed off with because Otis hurt his ribs. Yeah, and you want to watch them go again because this was that good. I think next week, Angle, Kurt Angle, uh, the Milk Truck stuff happened. 
Like and milk they, truck's just arrived. It's just arrived. Yeah, but it's gone now, and uh, they make good. They uh, like you said, they're friends now, and that's like the endorsement from Kurt Angle, and you're off with them as yeah. baby faces. Uh, I want to give a quick shout as well to Jeremy Langham on Twitter, who DM'd uh, the at What Culture WWE account, saying. Uh, Thanks for all the incredible content. As an avid listener, I always hear hosts comment with LTST or LTSD. I was simply wondering what that acronym stands for. I've tried to look but can't find anything about it. We drop this all the time and I didn't realise people were unaware. It's, it's a lot of impenetrable banter on our there is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This it's, is a scratching the surface. It's LTST. It's long-term storytelling. But they're separated word by word because I believe the origin might have been in those dickheads who separate words like that with claps to try and make it, like clap emojis to make it seem mm. bigger than it is. It's it's fundamentally a piss take because WWE can't do LTST. So every time there's even... Well, they used to not be able to. I think there were people on Twitter... Who got a little bit knocked? This is, I think, this is the genesis of the patter and the phrase. I think there was some like idiots on Twitter who got knocked that people were putting over something like, oh, you know, if you look at this detail on the Hangman page and Kenny Omega saga, it just enriches everything. And you know, they really thought years and years ahead with this. And how incredible is that for the pro wrestling medium? Mm. And you got these WWE like fed pilled <laughs> morons going, oh well, look at this, look at this, and it's like just something completely unrelated to the story that's being told now, but the characters in it interacted like three years yeah. ago under completely different <laughs> circumstances. They walk past it, each other Because everybody interacts yeah. with everybody else in this like... Utterly disconnected narrative, but I think they thought about this three years ago to when Rich yeah. this moment. No, they didn't. <laughs> you just being a little baby and can't handle that. AW's getting praised. Long term, sorry, telling. Like the clapping scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're taking the piss. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's with law a little bit. Like, yeah. But law now is exclusively attached to spooky nonsense. And LTST can be for the rest. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was a Martin Luther King Jr. tribute video. And then yes, we got... back. <laughs> and we got EO Sky versus Meechin Mia Yim. Skip. Skip. Yep. There's, a, there's a kick thrown in this match where I thought, you dare sell that. <laughs> you dare sell that. What are you doing? Dismal. Dismal stuff. Yim won by a eat defeat. Why? Second time of asking. I, think I know was. why. Because they're building up a tag team match. But my God. Quietest crowd wear all night as well. Anyway, enough of all this. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five star review review is brought to you by Jay Gorman. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of a god awful raw segment or match, uh, you can do so by subscribing to What Cult Dressing on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review on there. Or just leave us a five star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But Jay writes, hello to the Dadleys, Wilborn, and Stax, if he's around. He's not, not today. Not yet, maybe later. Yeah. Next T previews normally when he's plane lands. Super busy on Tuesdays, isn't he, Stax? Uh, Jay writes, it's Jay Gorman. Now, you may remember Jay from doing drawings for us on Twitter during the lockdown era of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Jay writes, the banter between you all is is always up, uplifting and carried me through the pandemic, as well as many days where I've struggled mentally both before and after. The insightful knowledge, the predictions, news and games, quizzes are always fantastic. I, like many, have given up on WWE a long time ago, but love the Raw Review pods. I am AW for life now and own a certain book by a certain Dadley. Feel free to promote here. Are you interested in the formation <laughs> And indeed rise of All Elite Wrestling. I am, but only if it's described in a passionate and insightful way. I've got 120,000 <laughs> insightful and passionate words all about the formation and indeed rise. And I swear to God, the chapter 
about the build to and the event itself, Revolution 2020 is probably the best, mm. at least the most precious to me thing that I've ever written. So hop on Amazon, if, be like Jay. <laughs> it's good satire. Yeah. Become all elite, the rise of AW. Uh, Jay continues, if I could get a five-star review review, then I would like to suggest any segment you want to choose from during the days of the hardcore title being on the line 24 hours a day, leading to four divas also holding the title for brief periods. Uh, if possible, could you also shout out Brad Rogers in Australia? He had a review. Hi, Brad. <laughs> he had a review read out. Hi, Mike. He had a review read out on here a while ago. I'm still in Liverpool, but me and Brad were great friends as children, wow. and wrestling was the main source of our entertainment. Oh. Thank you so much for all your time and efforts. Uh, Bonza! You have the job that many of us wrestling fans would love to do. Keep smashing it, fellas. Thank he you. Out of there, Jay. Wrestling teams in the Barbie. Make friends. That's that's great. That's genuinely that's really that's cool. That's really, really, really cool. One. So thanks to, thanks to Jay for that, and uh, g'day to Brid in Australia. Because when you were younger, you, like it, you wouldn't do it on purpose, but it was, was odd that like you would find yourself gravitating towards the one other person that like wrestling, as if there was like a sort of a hidden and secret thing. So are you telling me, Jay, that wrestling is how good neighbors become good friends? Hamlet, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give us the backstory on the twenty four seven hardcore title. The whole belt. Yeah, run through. Uh, yeah, I've just got the Wikipedia page in front of me. There's, yeah, there's a mere. 240 title changes you need to run through. <laughs> it was, uh, well, obviously it was a punchline belt uh, given to Mick Foley by Vince Man as a patronising gift as part of one of the greatest Vince Russo Penn storylines ever in the form of the Deadly Game tournament. And then because he was absolutely useless at almost everything as a singles wrestler, Road Dog tried to take it seriously. So he had it for a while. Stupid <laughs> uh, <Keep> asshole. <laughs> they fought for it for a little bit. But I thought he always kicks that shit, isn't it, doggy stuff? <laughs> Could he not appropriate a culture in which um, he was successful as a single star? <laughs> Hey, we get to see him next week. That is going to be part of the game on the Raw preview. Do not a, miss that next week. Such a despicable human being. You ever seen his Facebook? I don't try During not the to. year of 2020, knowing what he did to get over. What a horrible, horrible bastard. What has he said to Tony as well? Huh? What has he say to TK on Twitter? You're looking smooth AF. Oh, bitch. An absolute, like, it's pathetic. What a worm. Much An like absolute it. worm. You'd split that motherfucker in two and he'd still live. That's how much of a worm he is. <laughs> That's how much of a worm he is. Much like Road Dogg's uh, views on uh, wins and losses here, his career doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it really didn't matter. But by 2000, everything in WWE mattered and everything was awesome. And how they made the hardcore division matter was by having Crash Holly, um, an underdog figure, have to defend it all day, every day. It was the precursor. This is how stupid WWE is now compared to how great it was. It's was. like Liv Morgan is doing Crash Holly as a shoot. They, <laughs> yeah, they sort of... That's how stupid it is. They were once so creative and so inspired that this thing that was nothing more than a bit of fluff and a bit of light relief became... To get, like, some useless cloggers like Al Snow and Bob Holly to, yeah. like, have a decent it's like 10-minute match at WrestleMania. It's like it facilitated generic wrestlers to hit each other hard, and it was... You get like, pops out with that. Yeah, like, 2000 was everything good about Russo, because Russo's one thing that was always given... He was always given credit for was, like, he would start at the bottom and work up in terms of the roster rather than starting with your Steve Austin and The Rock. The truth of that is slightly different, because it's basically... Vincent Mann was in sole control of Steve Austin and The Rock and made sure that like his main event was protected. Three so had everybody else to deal with. 2000 was so often, in WWE, was so often the best version of some of Vince Russo's worst impulses because this was how that manifested. It was like, well, right, these really are the bottom of the totem pole. So basically pole. it was good when he was gone. Yeah. Mm. Like, these are the bottom yeah. of the totem pole, but how can we actually create it? With with via Chris Kresge. Mm. By Chris Kresge. You get these 
like we've reviewed on before in the five star review, where they're in a soft play, the headbangers are chasing Crash Holly down a slide. And the fact is, Crash Holly makes it funny because his whole deal is escaping rather than winning and all that. He never really gets to pin people, he just has to run away. And then when he does lose it, he then has to be creative himself to win it back. So it's something creative that inspires more creativity. As a direct contrast to that, WWE remembered that they loved the joke in 2019, but can no longer do violent weapon shots to the head. So how can we bring the 24-7 element of the gimmick back? And what, what on earth could we call <laughs> this new title? 24-7 belt, done, tick, send it out there. Like, done it. I've made this design. That's hideous. That's right, just send Mick Foley out, the yeah. poor bastard. To like, what, what was great is that like one week in every four, it wouldn't really be about the matches. It'd be about people running away. Three solid years of people running around. Got it. Tick. That's more TV time field. It was just the worst of do like WWE now. Started so well. It. The first champ was great. Shut then. up, man. Can you remember they did a segment that was basically patterned exactly after this on Raw in the dying days of the Vin Zero? I was like, they're all bloody winning the title. One after the other. Yeah. And it's like this is pathetic. It was why utterly pathetic. It was why people liked our truth with it because clearly no, he they was, didn't. They did. People would I like. Didn't. It. Remember the views. <laughs> yeah. Remember the, like the the numbers that like him and Jinder stuff where they're out fighting on planes. That on was golf good. Courses. And there was a week where <laughs> and uh, Drake Maverick. There was a week where and Drake Maverick too. There was a week where our truth was like hiding on like, under the ring and in it there was like a tables match on Raw and I think it was Cesaro pulls out a table and our truth like strapped himself to the bottom of it because he's just desperately trying to find a place to hide. S- same with Drake Maverick. You felt like. Like, they just already couldn't be arsed with it, so they gave it to the wrestler. If you can think of something, I just do that. And that was creativity that once mm. the company had internally. So this is the raw... This is not that. Yeah, this is the raw after insurrection, May 2002. Uh, any changes going on within the WWE at this point? Uh, some really hideous ones, thanks to playing Ride From Hell. But also, I don't know if you were aware Did of this, Did they get the F out here as well? Well, this is the thing. See, I don't know if you're watching the clip, Wilborn, but... WWF has become WWE. What? I know, that's a big story, right? But, like, you know. Like, I'm going to JR at one point. Because it's such a huge story, everybody's really aware of it. And we're just, like, it's weird, but we're going to accept it and we're going to move on. It's just strange. It was so weird for yeah, me. Just I've strange. Never got over it for, like, years. Uh, yeah, ang- angry at the bloody pandas. Like, but it was just odd. <laughs> but, like, the show has a cold open of uh, the hedge vignette they did where, like, the F gets burnt off by somebody blowtorching all the leaves away. And then they made a new WWE entertainment sting with all, like, the WWE logo over and over and over again. It's like, oh, right, okay, so it's WWE Raw. I know that. Not being completely brain-dead and thick, I know it's called WWE. They didn't deem it enough. No. So, uh, the show opens with a women's championship match. We are going to get to the hardcore title in due course, but it opens with Jazz defending her women's championship match. How long is this five-star review review going to be? Trust me, not as long as you think. Uh, Versus Trish Stratus, and five seconds into this clip, King says... And presumably JR's just said, what a way to start WWE Raw. King says, what a way to start, right, puppies! And I was like, oh, God. It's even worse in 2002 than it was in 01. I'm just glad. 2099, isn't it? Just glad lawless. What? It's even worse in, like, 2002 and beyond than it was. Oh, God, I, Because now we're into the filth, the muck and the filth of the post-attitude. Just glad he's gone from Raw. Anyway, looking forward to Raw is Triple H next week. What was the main event on this show? It was the NWO. Yeah, obviously X-Pac. represented by X Pac Big Show and Scott Hall. <laughs> Very much the uh, the post everything was good era of everything. No shade on X Pac as always. All star main event. It's all about Big Show. All star main event on the babyface side. Ric Flair, ugly now, but you know Ric Flair. Pretty ugly then as well. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, that, yeah, because he owns Raw. That's ugly Ric Flair. as well. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Guess no better. Bradshaw. 
<laughs> where they put you were telling me earlier they just put him with Austin because they were like, look, he stood next to Stone Cold, so he's good now. Drinking and fighting in Texas. Um, not enough, Bradshaw. It's not enough. Never was. Never Bradshaw. Was. You tell yourself it was. Never will be. King asks uh, JR if he knows Trisha's measurements, which he reads out as 36, 26, 36. So that was a thing. You uh, could imagine Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler saying the words 30 and sex in the same sentence is completely and utterly inaccurate. Pulls a face at 36 Ugh. and says 26. Ah! So <laughs> <laughs> like, you know that uh, moment in the meme was like. <laughs> he brings it up first, like 19 sex. The joke doesn't work, Jerry. I know, but the rest <laughs> of it does. My dick works. <laughs> so they show footage of Bubba Ray Dudley at Insurrection, I think it was, taking just a load of shots to the head. Like there was a pizza thing and a mm. guitar and chairs and what have you. He lost the hardcore title to Stevie Richards. Um, and I like JR's talking about this, setting up the match. So tonight's match, Taz versus Trish Stratus for the... Uh, he's, he's talking about the WWE Women's Championship and then says, World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jay, I was getting stuff hey. wrong all the time. Mm. So now that he's an idiot and lecherous pervert on main, that is my problem. Now they say, oh, I reckon WWE Dynamite. It's, oh, boo, JR. Boo. Call them Jezebels all you want. Tell the world you've got an erection at the site of uh, Penelope <laughs> Ford and the Bunny, but don't get the name of the promotion wrong, Jim. <laughs> get your priorities right, man. You look, I forgot WWE Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Uh, Jazz, you see Jazz hitting Trish effectively with the jaded in this match. Yeah, the women's division was. On the way to quietly ruling for a little while. Uh, King says, don't pop the puppies, as that move gets hit. And JR says, those Never puppies... Chance. <laughs> those puppies... Why do you sat next to Jim Ross, then? <laughs> <laughs> those... Whack a dog. It's like Jim Ross's favourite machine in the arcade, so when he goes to the beach. <laughs> JR says, well, those puppies may be barking before this is all said and done. <laughs> <laughs> Not those ones. The ones at the bottom of your bag. <laughs> anyway, uh, Trish has got the match won because she hits her. He put that story out there. <laughs> this one man shows. He knew he'd get a bigger pop than anything the Undertaker's got on his. Uh, so Trish hits the chick kick <laughs> and stratisfaction, but Stevie Richards, who's there with Jazz, they fought this weird team, pulls the ref out of the ring. It's no DQ, so he gets in and hits a brutal looking Stephen kick, I think they were calling it, yeah. on Trish. Jazz crawls over and gets the win. Uh, but that's where our hardcore championship thing begins here, because they're, they're celebrating. You see a bin flying, swiftly followed by Bubba Ray Dudley, who batters Stevie and Jazz. Uh, and then, because obviously he's not long, no longer with Devon at this point, is no. he? He just goes, Bubba, get the tables to himself. What an asshole! It's really sad. <laughs> I really pathetic. Um, so. He gets the table, just the whole look around to the audience, a few too many times for me, if anything, sets it all up in the ring, but turns around, uh, Stevie Richards tries to hit him with a kick, gets caught uh, and hit with the bubble bomb. One, two, three, and new WWE hardcore champion. WWE. Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, Jazz goes to sneak attack him with a bin lid, gets caught. But never mind all that, because here out of nowhere comes Raven, who does just twat him with a bin lid. DDT, one, two, three, new WWE. WWE. <laughs> oh, <God laughs> champion, Raven. 
who barely stands up and lifts the title before he turns around into a super kick that's just incredible. Uh, the wrestler. And he gets one, two, three, and he's the new WWE. WWE. Hardcore <laughs> champion. Crash Holly. Here he is. Love him. He comes through the crowd, jumps the barricade, missile drop kick off the top rope. One, two, three, and he's the new WWE. WWE. He's celebrating. God, I'm... Loves Crash Holly back then. Be great if after all this, Jim Ross called it AEW. Yeah, <laughs> 20 years before it formed. He celebrates with the title and he's stumbling backwards and he stumbles into Bubba Ray Dudley, who's just stood up after he got laid out by Raven. And Crash, Crash is like, uh, bollocks. And he goes, get the tables and just gets hit with a bin. And Bubba Ray Dudley doesn't care about going for the pinfall at this point. He's just baffing about with what's left of the bin and the table's still set up. So Trish slides in. One, two, three. She's the new WWE <laughs> champion. Bubba turns around. Is he a baby face at this point? Yep. Grabs her by the hair instantly. Trish is a baby face, yes? Yep. Yeah. Grabs her by the hair, which is presumably a callback to the orgasmic trance stuff. And... I don't know what he's going to do at this point, but regardless, Jazz comes in and she's going to fire extinguisher uh, Trish or Bubba or both, who cares, um, and accidentally hits Bubba, sprays him in the face. He's blinded. He's stumbling around. Ah, what's that? I've got my hold on. Oh, it's a woman. I'm putting her through a table. He thinks Trish Stratus is Jazz and, well... Even though the implication that he might have done it anyway. Mm. Like, seconds earlier. He's like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Bang! The, the table, he doesn't hold back, does he? No. Jesus Christ. Um, so, Bubba's... Ah, my bloody, my bloody eyes, I can't see! He's selling his eyes, and Stevie Richards crawls in, sneaks in, pins Trish, one, two, three, and he's the new WWE! WWE! Oh, God, champion. God damn it, I'm hungry. Catch this as he was sliding out the ring. He's there like, yeah! And he just goes... You still suck! <laughs> still another, another great one. Is that the end? Uh, Bubba throws his water in frustration yeah, I, at the end. I said, how long is this going to last? He went, no one here as long as you think. Yeah. Well, he carries Trish backstage. Four hours later. King says, bring her over here so I can help her. Ugh. Yeah. Classic hardcore championship segment. Everything went wrong in 2002, and if you like that year, you're a fucking idiot. So it's we, rubbish. I hate when people go, Summer Slam was good, yeah. Yeah. So it was a... <laughs> 360th good. Survive series was good, but like it still had a uh, Rico sitting the top rope going, God, Jeff, God damn it, God damn it, Jeff. Hanging out with two of the Dudley boys. Um, terrible. So we go to the comments section. Please not, do not refer to the user myself, the Dudley boys. I know what culture wrestling. Uh, Matt writes, man, when they got rid of the hardcore title, I just stopped caring. I didn't give a toss about the heavyweight. This was the reason I watched. Yeah, who cares? He's world champion. Who's got the hardcore title? That's what I want to know. Let's go watch CZW. <laughs> Have a good time. Uh, Tim writes, why are these guys slamming her down? What don't they understand? Are they mad because I can't have her? <laughs> 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 That's weird. What's going on there? Oh, I guess this comment section was a, a goldmine for Trish stuff. Giovanni sure writes, writes oh, Trish might be my sugar cookie. Ugh. And then, right, full disclosure, I was looking for some Trish Stratus comments and I found this guy's comments on two different videos. Both of them are 
you remember we've done this before, Sige? Like role plays, like me and then uh, uh, <laughs> Jay Cargill says this, and then you know, like people say that in comments, like me does this. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like me, Sable, tickling and that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Amos writes, he's him, it's him and picture him and Trish. Basically. Okay, yeah. okay. I don't know what Amos looks like, but I'm sure you can think of something. Uh, me, that's enough, tries to punch her. Trish Stratus grabs my fist and twists my arm. Me, ah, Trish Stratus, now you feel the pain. Me, huh, <laughs> Trish Stratus, uses her finisher and straddles me in the ring. Ref, one, two, three. <laughs> right. How do you get that much misogyny <laughs> in one YouTube comment? That's surely impossible. <laughs> oh, I wish I was a downed opponent. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Because this is a two-parter. So I found this other comment. Again, him and Trish Stratus. Uh, <clears throat> so picture the scene. I'm not sure. If this I wanted to punch you, but you just f***ed <laughs> me instead. That's the most misogynistic thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, you, you wait. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Amos writes, Trish Stratus straddled and pinned me to the floor. Me tries to <laughs> tries to punch Trish. <laughs> Trish Tatters, no, no, no. <laughs> me, get off me. <laughs> Trish Tatters, well, you disobeyed me. I have no choice but knock you out. Knocks me unconscious. Me, closes my eyes. <laughs> Trish Tatters, ha, 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 French kisses me by balls. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> me, get off me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, fine of you comments. I'm good. I'm turning the heater on. That's my favourite ever. <laughs> right. SSJ writes, remember unlocking the secret video on SmackDown Shut Your Mouth? I lost all my nuts to the deep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he thinks there are actual nuts in there. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Chris. <laughs> oh, this one in me. Is this the last one? Penultimate one. Chris <laughs> just writes, I love you, Mum Sex. Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> and Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and the final comment here <laughs> from Kenny, who just writes, I'm going to read this verbatim so you know that I'm not, you know, making any of this up. Kenny just writes, What's up, babe? Send me a pig boo, did you, daddy? <laughs> Sorry, uh, wait, wait, what? Again? What's, What's up, up, babe? Send me a pig boo, did you, daddy? What? <laughs> me, get off me. <laughs> you carefully scripted your fantasy, but it's gone wrong, but you can't stop typing. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to send us any uh, five-star reviews or pig boos, uh, you can do so. Uh, what culture wrestling on I was meant to say big boobs. I don't know. Just got it horribly wrong. Send me a big boob. Big boobs. I don't bloody chill Doesn't proof it and then sends it. Oh, God, it's rough. I don't even tweet. I call him Brat Wyatt instead of Bray Wyatt. That's like, it's like what a bad baby face would say. to So I have to delete that. Even though it's quite a good tweet. I was upset by that. Brad White is good, though. Yeah. You think oh. of Liv Morgan, is that like the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad White, yeah. yeah. So if, uh, 
Oh, Christ. If you want to send us a five-star review, review just like Jay Gorman did, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, or you can send us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. Obviously. Um, and then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Please make these comments as the proof, don't they? Uh, now it's time for Bianca Belair to come out. Oh, yeah, great. She's back. She gets a great reaction. She says, oh, I know I've been out for a couple of weeks, but I've really missed you guys. She says, I know this job's got risks. Uh, including getting my face smashed against the steel steps. But despite that, I'll happily face bliss again. Somebody touching again. my leg and me vomiting poison, because that can happen in this job. That's established. Uh, any risk uh, is worth the reward of becoming the Raw Women's Champion. She calls out Bliss, and out comes Alexa Bliss, who says, you fear me because you don't know what to expect from me. No one does. Uh, and she goes to talk about the Rumble, but Belair cuts her off and says, you don't need to do the Rumble. Let's just have another title match. Uh, and Bliss is like, what's the catch? And Belair's like... Nothing. You could, you're in control here. You want to be in control? You're in control. Over to you. Bliss accepts, um, but Belair doesn't want to wait to fight. So she goes out, takes off her earring, goes after Bliss, uh, chucks her around ringside. At one point, she gets knocked over the barricade and rises up behind her uh, and snatches Alexa Bliss into the crowd. They brawl, um, and it looks like uh, Belair's going to KOD Bliss through some chairs that she set up, but she freezes. Because who is in a smoke-filled hallway but uh, the ghost of a man who sold the world? <laughs> Uncle Howdy's there, and that allows Alexa Bliss. Sid <laughs> just doing his impression of him. The thing is, right, you watch it back. Sid just did his brilliant little pal pull that he did when he made his debut. It's not even that. I think they're so worried that everybody is so thick. <laughs> that, like, he loves hand stuff now. That's Uncle, Uncle Hand stuff. Like, he just puts his hand out there and he kind of like waves and gestures. <laughs> Uncle Hand stuff, that was the fiend, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Jerry Lawler. <laughs> well, I, was, I wasn't talking about Bray Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, bliss hit. Uh, uh, Bianca with a DDT and stands tall under the watchful gaze of Uncle Howdy. My God. What do Bianca Belair and The Undertaker have in common? They have this absolutely blow-away, incredible WrestleMania match one night of the year, and the rest of it is just completely consumed by spooky bollocks. <laughs> That's obviously facetious, but my God, there's a salient point within there. They fail dismally at this point, Bianca Belair week to week, considering what star mm. she is and how people gravitate towards and how spectacular she is and what a nice person she seems to be. I think they've failed her quite badly. This is terrible... It's so bad. I'll give him credit for one thing. I will. The idea that he's not just waiting in Gorilla, waiting for Triple H to tell them to go out there, Uncle Howdy. Give him hell. <laughs> the, idea, the idea that he's in a different part of the building and he can just materialize from places is an attempt at a different kind of like horror. Like the idea is... You're not meant to see Michael Myers. I'm not saying it's anything like this. Please don't conflate these two things. I'm saying it's a terrible attempt at it. You don't. You're not meant to see someone with that horrible mask and that boiler suit, like in this just completely mundane scene. It's terrifying. It's a disturbance. The idea that they've put them somewhere other than where all the other fucking wrestlers come out <laughs> is, in theory, a better idea than what they've been doing with him. But it's still terrible. It's still naff. It's a better idea. He's in a different place. It's the idea that he comes out with Gorilla, like where we know that everyone is because we're 37 or we're 7. We just know that. that yeah. This is how these things work now. That was better, but it's still like, at least they are getting 
a horror convention badly wrong and executing <laughs> it terribly. That's progress for Bray Wyatt. That is genuine progress for this hack idiot. It'd also be really funny if because of where Uncle Howdy was, like, Bianca Belair looks, the camera moves the dramatic moment, but there's just somebody coming out the toilet. That's, that's like the place, go for a it's place. place in the bit of the I'm arena. I'm putting myself yeah. in the, um, I, I'm like, in the Castle Arena. That these like uh, big watered down double piners. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, you have them because well it's big. Mm. Yeah. O- obviously going to have that, aren't I? Because I've had three and I'm on a bit of a buzz. And look at Santino, he's doing his bollocks. And I get a minute of that. I'm going for a drink now. But all the stars <laughs> come out, and I was like, oh god, I need a piss as well. Oh, hey, Uncle Harry. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? He, I this was obviously ludicrous, but it's some impressive feat that the Bray Wyatt element of. Like the, the Bray Wyatt story at the moment makes more sense without Bray Wyatt in it. Like this Alexa Bliss thing, she said she's in. She said she's in control of it, and she's not. But like she called herself like I'm the real face of evil, not Uncle Howdy. She's out, she's saying it out loud. She knows Uncle Howdy's there. They're not doing this. Oh my god, it's a mysterious figure. She but it's, she's saying to Bianca Belair, it's not him. It's me. You need to worry about that. Bray Wyatt's not even on the show, and that makes more sense than what Bray Wyatt is doing with this character over on SmackDown. That's how that's how Betty sucks ass. Like they're both. They're both happening at the Rumble. This match and the uh, Mountain Dew. It's going to be oh, a disaster. That match, they're it's both going to be a disaster. What's going to What's happening? Right there. I'm so excited. You know, normally we say, like, oh, the cool thing about uh, Rumble undercard matches is you can kind of just like, take a few risks because it's the Rumble people cheering in for. Take as many risks as you like. Yeah, I want to yeah. watch how badly wrong this is all going to yeah. go. Uh, fun little squash match next. Bronson Reed. Imagine you've got the... Sorry. You have got the ultimate opportunity to book the Rumble. And it's so easy. Like it's easy to book a good rumble. Like I couldn't book an AW Dynamite. I could book a Royal Rumble. It's just the formula for greatness exists within it. And it's Triple H and it's his chance. It's, it's somehow, despite it being the perfect formula, like, like Vince McMahon's bollocks us up for years. All he has to do is book a three and a three-quarter star one and he's Papa H all over again. And he's ruining it with this law muck. He's <laughs> one shot to be like the ultimate Papa H savior and he's ruining his, like, I'm, He's a hack. The H and the HHA stands for it's hack, hack, hack. <laughs> Bronson Reed uh, squashed Akira Tozawa next, basically. This bit of good. a showcase for him. Yeah, he looked good here. Uh, a tiny bit of offense, a suicide dive from Tozawa, but Reed catches him as he goes for a sent on. Power bombs him on the edge of the barricade, which looked great. Hit a running shoulder tackle off the apron, which Tozawa bumps all over the place for as well, and hits him with a tsunami for the quick victory. Kind of what I was saying about like having to restock the women's division. Sometimes you've just got to hire people and do this stuff. Like Bronson Reed kicked ass here. That's not a guarantee it's going to go right because we've seen boring squashes as well. But I thought he looked really dominant in an entertaining way, and that's not been proven easy of late. It's not going to be every single person comes back and is immediately thrust into the title picture. But I thought this was a pretty decent week for Bronson. After like kind of pieing the Miz a little bit as well. I'm not your friend. Like I don't think it's gone that badly for him yet. No, I tell you what as well. Like I know people were. Maybe could have complaints that Tazawa got something on him. The person you beat sometimes has to matter. And the fact that he took like a flying head scissors just proved how agile he was, even sort mm. of on defense. So really good, dynamic, strong shown from Bronson Reed here. Still doesn't project that he's still nowhere near as scary as he looks. He never feels as scary as he looks. Triple H was on such form in 2014, 2015 that he did a really effective job with two very limited wrestlers at the time and kind of still are now, I guess, but in Bull Dempsey and Baron Corbin, both winning matches really quickly until they had no choice but to fight each other to see who the actual quick win guy was, and it was Corbin, and on they went. And that was quite nice as an undercard thing. It was never going to be for the NXT title or anything like that. 
Solo Sokoa and Bronson Reed could be the good version of that. Yeah. Like you build them up separately and dominant until one day they face off. You're like, oh, who's actually harder? And then you have the match. Uh, Baron Saxton's backstage and catches up with Seth Rollins. Focused on the Rumble, but uh, they've begged him to be part of this Raw main event. Uh, he's happy to be in Cincinnati, a town that loves to party and sing his song. Uh, and he's going <laughs> to... Uh, he's going to win the US title. He's going to win tonight, win the US title, win the Rumble, beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, because just like Freddie Mercury says, he wants it all, and he heads off for the main event, and they uh, run through the stacked Raw 30th anniversary thing next week in Philadelphia, steel cage match, bloodline acknowledgement ceremony, tag team titles, US title, and a lot of the legends appearing on the show, and Road Dogg's going to be there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's time yeah. for the main event, the six-way elimination match. Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Miz, Ziggler, and Corbin uh, for the right to face Austin Theory, who joined commentary and said, I feel like I grew up watching all these guys. The amount of kids that are going to have to grow up watching Austin Theory, I sympathise for them, honestly. I don't, because I'll be watching it too. I don't, because they'll turn into the kind of arseholes that'll bury us on Twitter for really salient points about how bad WWE <laughs> is. That's what the Randy Orton fans did. Yeah. The Austin Theory fans will be no different. Uh, nice I feel sorry for them at all. Nice Tower of Doom spot early. Lashley power, born earlier. power bombing <laughs> Bala, Corbin, and Rollins. Uh, and they all try and take out Lashley. Ziggly hits it. Ziggly? Ziggly! Ziggly. Mr. Ziggles. Mr. Ziggles. Like John Morrison. Uh. Is that one of Rubber Johnny's? Ziggles. Johnny Rawls, I. Yeah. Terrible. This is just not wrestling, is it? No. He hits. <laughs> Ziggler. Ziggly's good though. <laughs> it's Lashley with a famous Ziggly, Ziggly. Miss hits him with a school crushing finale, but Lashley kicks out. Miss puts Ziggler in the figure four. Ziggler turns it over and Rollins in a nice spot. Curb stomps Miz as he's selling and gets him out of there after about eight minutes or so. Uh, Rollins takes out Corbin and Lashley with a dive. Balor flip dives onto all of them and then Ziggler goes up top and jumps on top of the pile as well. Ziggler super kicks Corbin, zigzags Lashley, uh, super kicks Balor out of midair, but Rollins jumps in and out of nowhere hits Ziggler with a pedigree for the next elimination. So we're down to four. Lashley just beats up everyone, hits Rollins with a dominator, gives Balor a delayed vertical suplex, sets up for the hurt lock, but... Out comes MVP and Omos, and Bobby Lashley's like, what the bloody hell are you doing here? Um, Corbin and Rollins take each other out. Lashley drop kicks. Uh, sorry, Lashley gets drop kicked by Balor. Coup de gras. I love this spot. Hits the coup de gras, you know, stumbles off hitting it, and immediately Rollins flies in, curb stomps him, and pins Balor to eliminate him. What a spot that was. Uh, Omos chucks Rollins over the announce table. Corbin gets distracted, so Lashley can just spear him. Pin him and eliminate him. We are down to Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, Theory slides in because obviously he doesn't want to face Bobby out of all the people. And then nails Lashley with the title belt. Tries to sort of brag a bit to Omos and Omos just grabs him for a choke slam. But before he can do that, Rollins stomps Omos, dives onto Theory, super kicks MVP off the apron and sets up for the stomp. But that has allowed Lashley to recover. He spears Rollins. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley is the number one contender and will fight for the US title next week. What a white hot ending to this show. Yeah, I suppose so. I, like, I don't know if I'm being harsh on Spears this. on his chips. Yeah, like this is the thing. Right? I don't know if I'm being harsh in this match because your review... 
made some of the earlier portions maybe more exciting than I felt they were when mm. I was watching. Like, Sigil, hate this comparison. So I kind of apologise in advance for it. But I'd like, say it then. I had a very, very well, because it's how I feel. So I'm going to speak my truth. Uh, a very similar experience to watching the Dynamite main event. I had such admiration for the construction of it and the hard work of everybody, but I felt out for out. Like, there was a, like the last portion, there was a little bit of drama around the this result. This is going to be the thing that he brings up, like, you know when he brought, I just don't get Orange Cassidy. Every week for two years. Yeah, and then I did. Escalera and Because then I did because people can change. Yeah, that's uh, a humanity stage. Right there. Escalera I'll never like that. We're discussing the death of a young wrestler. What's that that got to do with uh, Escalera Delamorte? I'll never get that because that was bang average. But Orange Cassidy, I really started to understand. But yeah, I just thought like most of this was like, like, well done that they all put together these like quite intricate sequences. Mm. And like there there was obviously some thought went into it and it takes like, this is so boring, man. Like, all the great athleticism, all the great athletes. Like, that's really awesome and stuff. And maybe if I was there live, I would have got loads more out of it. And I think, like, Bobby Lashley winning, it's Lashley and Austin Theory, again, this US title picture is the polar opposite to what they've got going on with the Intercontinental title on SmackDown mm. in terms of... Like, this doesn't feel like a mid-card title can headline your TV shows because it's bland and flavourless. I've just got no... Like, everybody tried really hard, worked really hard, and all of this came off really well. Live crowd enjoyed it. I thought as a TV experience, I'm out to it. I was waiting for it to... Come along. Last three minutes were scintillating. Oh. Mm. Very, very well done. Um, but again, I don't. T- uh, the Miz is a total joke now. He's been a joke for me since 2006. But like his character is an actual joke now, so I just couldn't take him seriously after the last few months he's had. The joke was the Miz, and the punchline was, Hoorah! Hoorah! Ziggler, can't take him seriously. Once you got the geeks out of the way, that was a geek squad to get them out of the bloody way. Um, it got a bit more big time and a bit more fun, and then he mm. realised that's all bloody going to make a match with Austin Theory in it. Who cares? I just love that spot where he hit the coup de gras and then immediately got stomped. I thought it was genius. Oh, it was good. a few bits like that. Right, really good buzz. I really enjoyed the end of the show, hence why I came in here saying, oh, because I'm <laughs> a dog who only remembers the last thing that happened to it. Oh, I really enjoyed this Raw. And then we've run through it, and I've gone, oh, there's some really bad points as well on this show, but... The opening and the close of this show. That's our like raw. Like a good book was just untouchable. I loved it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> what? On Twitter, <laughs> at WhatCultureWWE. I don't know. It's been an hour and a half. I don't think you ever do. Uh, at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter for all your thoughts. Uh, watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Daddy Boys back later on to preview all the fallout from New Year's TV uh, on God. NXT. <laughs> Cannot wait for that best show of the week. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us five-star review reviews as well on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, but make sure you screenshot it, obviously. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com, uh, just like the lovely Jay Gorman did this week. Once again, another shout-out to his mate, Brid, in Australia. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.